This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. How you feeling? How you doing? How you holding up? What's going on with you? With more than 65 million Americans serving as a caregiver, you would think we wouldn't feel so isolated, but we are. And I have found that caregivers can feel isolated in a crowded room. We can feel isolated on a crowded pew. So heads up to you church leaders that there are caregivers in your midst who feel very cut off and you may be looking at them while you're preaching your next message. And yet, is it going all the way down to the core of who they are? Are you speaking in a way they can understand? This program is broadcast exclusively in fluent caregiver. Yes, that's true. You heard it right. I speak fluent caregiver. And I want to speak to my fellow caregivers in a way that they understand because I wish somebody had done that for me. A lot of people spoke to me. They gave me all kinds of great scriptures and everything else, but it didn't penetrate because they didn't understand what the core issues were going on in my heart. They didn't understand what was happening there. Well, I do. And so I'm speaking to you in a way that you can understand now as a caregiver so that you can go and talk to someone else. Part of understanding the language of caregivers is understanding how flexible we must be. I was not supposed to be on the air today. Gracie was supposed to have a surgery yesterday, a very large surgery, but she took a nuclear stress test to check out some things with her heart about a week ago. Well, she finished up on Friday. Well, guess what? Monday was a holiday. So when you have Labor Day, you don't get the call back to say what the results were, but we just assumed they were fine. Well, they weren't. And I had Gracie in the car getting ready to drive to the airport. It's about an hour drive from our home here in Montana. We had transportation, the right hotel, everything. I remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I double-checked, triple-checked, quadruple-checked, had everything going. Everything was right. And then we got a call from the doctor. Gracie is in the car. I come in to get one last bag. Got everything in the car. I've been weighing all the suitcases to make sure we had everything right because we're going away for probably a month at least. The last time she had this type of surgery, she was in there for 10 weeks. So I was prepared to you know, stay down in Denver for a while. And then we get the call from the surgeon's office. Hey, there's something going on with her heart. We want to check this out. She needs to see a cardiologist. We're going to postpone the surgery until we get this done. Which is 
you know, that's good. They caught it. I'm glad they caught it before we were in the air. It does require a bit of pivoting uh, kind of quickly. And so we're trying to get her into a cardiologist now, which is no easy thing because cardiologists tend to be backed up a good bit. So that's where we stand at this point. And then as soon as we get that done and figure out what's going on with her, then we resume the surgery, but we're dead in the water until that gets settled. Such is the life of a caregiver. How many of you understand how important it is to be flexible? How many of you all have got road rash <laughs> from skidding to a, a stop when you're going 90 miles an hour with your hair on fire? You understand that, don't you? This is our life as caregivers. So what are we going to do? How are we going to adjust? Do we get mad? Do we scream, cuss, fuss? Or do we take it in stride and think through it? Now, I had to mentally shift gears quite a bit because I had a lot of things in play. And Gracie was certainly very unsettled about this. But here we are. So we can't guarantee that if any day that we're going to, no matter how much we plan, that it's going to go smoothly. That's a hard way to live, isn't it? Most people do not have to live that way, but we as caregivers have crisis du jour and things can go wrong so quickly because there's so many moving pieces. You know, in a normal life, I don't know what a normal life is, but I'm surmising that a normal life doesn't have quite as many pieces moving as we do as caregivers, where things can go wrong very quickly and they have pretty significant consequences. There's just no margin for error. And we're already kind of stretched thin. But part of being a caregiver is being flexible. I don't think this is in Scripture, but somebody once said, Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. Do you ever feel like Gumby? <laughs> you remember Gumby and Pokey? I mean, do you ever feel like... I mean, you know, it's... Uh, for those of you a little younger, Stretch Armstrong, you know, that's... That's the way we are sometimes as caregivers, and we get pulled in six different directions, and you got to take a moment to kind of gather your thoughts. And as soon as I changed the flights around, which I did, canceled the hotel, which I'm going to have to eat one night, may be able to get some of that back because I put it on American Express, some travel insurance benefits on there with them that I may be able to get it back, may not. And I didn't have any groceries in the house, so I had to do some grocery shopping. When we went to Bozeman, I got some takeout, and so we had dinner. But the next morning, I had to get up and make a pretty substantial grocery run because I I really was so proud of myself. I had timed it out beautifully so I wouldn't have any fresh things or things that could spoil in the refrigerator, and we were good. You know, because when you're going to go away for a month, maybe more, like I did last time. So, I, I, you know, it was one of those things where I had tried to be as organized as possible, and I'd done all the laundry, so I was grateful for that, clean linens and everything else. Uh, so the place was clean, but it just, you know, when you wake up, you don't have any food. <laughs> and so I made a pretty good-sized grocery run. We're stocked up. We'll figure what to do next. Stopped by my neighbor on the way home. And got some fresh farm, fresh eggs and some fresh milk uh, from their cow. And I used the cream on top of the milk to 
make Gracie's coffee, and that made her feel a little bit better as we started the next day and tried to regroup and go to next steps. On an aside note, if you haven't had fresh cream in your coffee, I would highly recommend it. It's a delightful treat. And when you deal with the ups and downs that we have as caregivers, sometimes it's the little things that make it a little better. And fresh cream, I mean really fresh cream in your coffee. I drink mine black. I mean black with just brutally black. But Gracie likes a lot of cream and sugar in her coffee. And so you look for the little things. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and cry, cuss, and fuss, and everything else? I mean, what are you going to do? You can't fight this. I mean, it's beyond our control. If she goes into a surgery as big as what was planned, and she's got some kind of heart issue going on, well, she's not coming out of that surgery. So you have to respect the process, but it does require you to catch your breath a little bit and say, okay, I've got to think through a a whole series of things that need to be done immediately. I mean, there are some things that need to be done like within the first 30 minutes, some things that need to be done within the first hour and a half, and then some things need to be done within the first 24 hours. And, And that's kind of the way you have to think as a caregiver. I don't know. That's how I do it. What do you think? I mean, do you have a different mechanism when you're faced with things that require an immediate adjustment? I mean, hard right turns, sometimes hard 180 degree turns, but you know, it's a little unnerving and, and you do get a bit of uh, disorientation and you have to kind of catch your breath for a moment because it's a gut punch to change your plans that quickly, particularly when you have somebody who has significant impairments and challenges and she can't move that quickly. You know, she can't adjust on the dime. And I got to tell you, I'm not getting any younger, so it's getting a little more challenging for me to do it too. But that's part of the journey of us being caregivers is that we have to be flexible and recognize that even in that, his sovereignty doesn't change. His presence doesn't abandon us. And, you know, I look at Paul. He wanted to do such and such, and he couldn't do it. He was constantly having to make adjustments in his life, shipwrecked, all those kinds of things. And he talks about that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more because those are things that kind of stick with me through moments like this when buffeted by the swirling things that affect us as caregivers. But that's our life. That's my life. And I bet you that's a lot of your lives as well. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver, hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll be right back. As a caregiver, think about all the legal documents you need. Power of attorney, a will, living wills, and so many more. Then think about such things as disputes about medical bills. What if, instead of shelling out hefty fees for a few days of legal help, you paid a monthly membership and got a law firm for life? Well, we're taking legal representation and making some revisions in the form of accessible, affordable, full-service coverage. Finally, you can live life knowing you have a lawyer in your back pocket who, at the same time, isn't emptying it. It's called Legal Shield, and it's practical, affordable, and a must for the family caregiver. Visit caregiverlegal.com. That's caregiverlegal.com. 
Isn't it about time someone started advocating for you? www.caregiverlegal.com, an independent associate. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberg, and this is the program for you as a family caregiver. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. I hope you go out and take advantage of a lot of the things that we have out there, uh, products, uh, books, music, articles, you know, all kinds of stuff. Our podcast is free, and everything that you hear on this radio program, we put on the podcast, and then we have other things that we put on there as well. From what I understand, it's the largest podcast in the world for family caregivers. That's what they tell me. And I know that sometimes that may sound like, well, yeah, you're number one at curb jumping with a bulldozer. I mean, how many podcasts can there be for caregivers? Well, evidently, there's quite a few. And um, this program seems to resonate with a very large audience, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm also very grateful for... American Family Radio for broadcasting this, as well as the other affiliates, the Truth Network and others, who see the value of going out to the family caregiver and penetrating into that loneliness, that isolation. You know, isolation is the toughest issue I think we face long-term as caregivers. We're just cut off. Sickness cuts people off. Disability cuts people off. You know, emotional distress and things such as that we all we feel we we just kind of withdraw or or we are cut off or we are shunned either way it's it's a very lonely journey there's three eyes that every caregiver deals with isolation loss of independence and loss of identity and all of those things make towards very dark times for a caregiver well how are they going to get any better how how are we going to get healthier unless somebody comes to us And that's what we're doing on this program. And why do we do this? Well, first off, as a caregiver myself, I understand the value of what it means when somebody comes into your distress and and fellowships with you and just be with you. They just just hang out with you, spend time, listen to you. But more importantly, that's the gospel. That's what Christ did for us. He came to our isolation We were cut off because of sin. No way we could go to him. He came to us. And so as we do this for one another, we're modeling what Christ did for us. And I'm grateful to all the people that helped make this show possible and get that out. We were talking about disappointment and flexibility. Paul, in Acts 16, I reference this, verses 6 through 7, and they went through the region of, I don't know how you say that, Phrygia, Phrygia, How do you say that? Frigeria? They went through this region (laughs) and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, M-Y-S-I-A, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And Paul really wanted to do these things, but God stopped him. And, you know, Paul had to learn how to pivot and be flexible. And he... Gave an account in his letter to the Corinthians uh, about him beseeching God to remove a thorn in the flesh. God didn't do it. He says, my grace is sufficient. And you can look through all of Scripture and you see instances like this. Joseph really did not want to be 
imprisoned. He didn't want to be a slave in Potiphar's house. He didn't want to be in prison after Potiphar's wife um, falsely accused him. He interpreted the dreams for the butcher and the baker. I mean, the the butler and the baker. You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage and when we lived in Nashville and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere and feet, boxes of them and so forth. And I was doing all this myself and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that CoreCivic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb. And that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversations with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there. We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be, and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to Point them to Christ, and that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing with Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand